0: Welcome to Contendercast, a global leadership and consumer industries entrepreneurship podcast centered on shining a light on bright ideas. And now, here's your host, Justin Hahneman. Thanks for listening, thanks to you, thanks for downloading, thanks for subscribing, following. It's Justin Hahneman on the Contendercast for shining a light on bright ideas today in the consumer product world. I'm excited to introduce you to Boost Oxygen. I mean, I, we have never covered this pro- type of product ever in almost 500 episodes. I am so excited. Rob Nooners on the podcast today. He is the CEO and founder. I, I, I It's so great to have you here, Rob. I'm so excited about this.
1: Thanks for having me, Justin. It's my honor.
0: I am so glad to meet you. Um, I had so much fun learning about you and the product in this industry. Like, it, I have to admit, I, I'm not an expert. Um, but I had a great time learning uh, before we hit record today. And I can't wait to introduce you and your product to our audience. Um, let's do this first. I always love to, to have our guests share a little bit about their story before launching their brand. How about give us a little bit of your backstory?
1: Oh, wow. Uh, yeah, so I was. Uh, I grew up in North Jersey, uh, went to Bergen Catholic High School, went to Williams College up in Massachusetts, uh, started at Bear Stearns, uh, the late great Bear Stearns uh, Investment Bank in New York City after I graduated college. Got my master's in business administration from Fordham University at night, uh, and then started my entrepreneurship. I was. Uh, importing beer from the Czech Republic, uh, exporting uh, fax modems and telephones <laughs> to Eastern Europe uh, wow. in the nineties, and. Uh, yeah. And uh, I uh, sold my beer importing and distribution company uh, in 2007. And uh, we, I moved to Connecticut uh, right here. where We live in Darien, Connecticut, but I, uh, our office is in Milford, Connecticut. But we sure. got started. Uh, my, my beer business actually was in Bridgeport, Connecticut, uh, right in the inner city there. And uh, we got started with um, Boost Oxygen in, Milf- uh, in Bridgeport as well. And wow. we moved up to Milford about five years ago. Uh, Amazing. And love the town.
0: That's amazing. Um, very, very cool. Yeah. I'd read from beer importer to shark tank success story. I thought it was how your PR person sent over your info. And I was like, who is this? I (laughs) I couldn't wait. Um, very, very cool. Uh, I you know uh, we're going to go right into it canned oxygen I, yeah. I when I read I was like I don't, I mean I'm not I don't help me with the use case and how you how did this even start for you
1: Yeah so I, I teach people I spent 10 years of my life getting people drunk in the last 14 years right. sober, sobering them up <laughs> Right um, exactly so uh, I love it Yeah No, curious story uh, a local distributor a beer distributor uh, bought me out uh, back in 2006 and uh, it was uh, I, I was too young to retire. I was looking for something to do. Uh, oxygen wasn't on the top of the list. I uh, right, I can imagine <laughs> exactly. And a great friend of mine, uh, is still my best friend. Uh, his his family, uh, my second family, was uh, in the aerosol industry. Um, and Oak actually uh, was the head salesperson for a company called Precision Valve, which is still in, which we still use our valves. Uh, from precision today. And uh I had dinner with my friend Michael, and he said, You know, what are you gonna do now? I said, I have no idea. I'm looking at some things, and I had a two-year non-compete with the beer business, so I couldn't go back in that line. Sure. And uh, so uh he said, What about oxygen? I said I, I'm <laughs> in Germany a lot and I see these oxygen cans. And I said, Well, yeah, I go to the Czech Republic a lot. I see the oxygen cans over there, and actually use them uh mainly for hangovers, but that was kind of the usage back then but we were both football players back in college and high school and right. what so you, you were used to the oxygen did, yeah used oxygen on the sidelines and uh we looked you know I did a quick real you know research in the market and saw there was no one doing oxygen in, in the marketplace here uh so his dad took me by the hand and led me to the can manufacturers the valve manufacturers and we started slowly, you know, we, it wasn't something that I made a business plan and went all in uh, Right. <laughs> first couple of years, like, Oh, let's make a couple of cans and, you know, see if let's people see if it like sells. it. Uh, yeah. And not, we didn't want to bet the farm on it. Uh, but then after a while, it came clear that there was a, a huge demand for it uh, and not just wow. in sports and in many other aspects of life. And uh, we've been running with it ever since.
0: I love that. You can find Boost in over twelve thousand retail outlets. Amazing. Um, yes, We're we'll gonna talk about that in a few moments. Um, nearly ten million canisters sold in over fifty countries. I mean, I fast-forwarded the story big time by even reading those metrics. But early days. I mean, you said couple of years. Like, d- how did you figure out manufacturing early? in the sure. process? You know, when you yeah. started, what did that look like?
1: Yeah. So um, Mr. Minogue really helped out. There are a couple of companies. One of uh, the biggest companies was IKI Manufacturing uh, in uh, Edgerton, Wisconsin. Uh, and they do contract manufacturing for the aerosol industry. So we went to them and said, Hey, can you make these oxygen canisters? Uh, and they said, sure. It's very simple. It's just basically any other aerosol product without any product or propel or propellant in there. He was putting oxygen gas into a can. Sure. Uh, but, but they had uh, the facilities to do that. The people to do that, the quality control to do that. Uh, and, uh, and the flexibility to just run, you know, a couple of a hundred thousand, uh, like tens of thousands of cans uh, at a time, not hundreds of thousands of cans at a time. Uh, Perfect. So yeah. So they, uh, they did a nice job for us early on getting started.
0: And, did you already have a market for it? In other words, were you hammer looking for nail, or you had product people were already buying it, and you were just serving up a new brand? What did that look like? Again, yeah, early so days. it was
1: a hammer looking for nails. Is a great analogy. We we were definitely we were, the sports because uh, we were from sports. We thought yeah, oxygen sure. for sports. Uh, got it. And you know, oxygenate like the pros was, was one of our, of our first uh, mottos. We uh, sold actually to Sports Authority. was our first big account. Oh, very good. Um, yep. I like get the late, the late, great Sports Authority. Yeah. And uh, they love did Sports a great Authority. job for us. A wonderful <laughs> job. Yeah. Uh, Ken Hodge, I think, was the buyer there. And we were in all their stores. Uh, and what we found, they, he, he, they provided us with data as to where it was selling, why it was selling. And uh, so we found that we were selling a lot. Up in the Rocky Mountains uh, for some reason. Ah, for hikers. So, yeah, Avon. There was a store in Avon, Colorado, and a sure. couple other stores. So we visited Colorado. I had to like to ski anyway, so I made a, a business trip. <laughs> and a, and a, <laughs> a, and a business, business trip. trip. I love it. <laughs> yeah, and you know, we talked to the store managers up there, and said, "Yeah, people come and, and they're they're bonked from lack of oxygen up here, and they love it." Right. Uh, wow. and was, I, 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 but at the lowlands too, but not altitude, it was selling sure. very, very well, but at the altitude, it was selling really well. Uh, Got it. so we decided to like sort of plant the flag in Colorado, uh, hired a great sales manager, a regional sales manager of marketing now, uh, Westwall, and she, uh, did a wonderful job develop, developing the market for us. Uh, All throughout the Rockies, not just Colorado, but Wyoming, Montana, uh, the High Sierras, uh, Utah, uh, and other uh, New Mexico. So, yeah, it's been um, that's how sort of how we got started uh, in terms of where the low hanging fruit was.
0: And were there other competitors, or was this such a unique space that there was really no product? You know what I mean, like.
1: Yeah, there were a couple of people, small, kind of not okay. doing doing things a little bit of a different way. Uh, one had like a little canister that um, uh, was a high pressure or something like a CO2 cartridge type sure. canister. And they were selling it for like $75. Um, a lot of wow. people were importing from China and the, and the canisters, were, A, were not conforming with the DOT. And also it was like a two-handed use, just kind of a cheap way of manufacturing the cans. Uh, so what we decided to do uh, from, right from the beginning uh, we, we made a canister that had a mask, which we got a patent on because no one got else could, could hold the can with one hand, which we thought was important. Like if you're cycling or running or uh, doing any like athletic activity where you need sort of two hands, uh, you can, you sure. can uh, actuate with one hand. So, yeah. So we got a patent on that, but um, didn't really improve upon anyone else's design. Uh, kind of made our own sort of design uh, from what we thought people would like around the, around the nose and the mouth. And sure. And went from there.
0: And then in, you started in Colorado or you didn't start in Colorado. You found that was a market for it there. Right. And this is what a couple years in. So like, did you, when would, when did you start saying, okay, I think we have something here beyond just this market and what did that look like?
1: Yeah. So it was another uh, interesting story. I'll make it quick. We started. With, That's why we're
0: here, man. I, I know. We love stories. So, <laughs> I know. so
1: we had uh, We came out with a steel can, uh, and a design it was a nice design. Uh, and we were selling it for a couple of years, testing it out. We, uh, we hadn't really made a big push yet in Colorado. We were definitely with more Thirty and with Meyer actually, and Meyer was doing a good job getting up in the Midwest. Um, And I got appendicitis. Uh, I ruptured my appendix. I was in the hospital. Uh, And at that time, uh, my office manager, the DOT, Department of Transportation, came into our office and basically shut us down and said, you cannot transport oxygen in a steel canister. It's illegal. (laughs) uh, And it's, you know, you, you can't ship any of your canisters. So that's that's uh, uh, a little bit of a moment. (laughs) (laughs) It's like, "Uh, Rob, I'm sorry you're in the hospital, but you know, just FYI. (laughs) So uh, I went back to the DOT and said, Oh, what's the story here? This is ridiculous. And they said, Well, we'll let you sell your existing stock, uh, but you have to come up with a better solution. It's like, Well, this is ridiculous. All around the world, they sell oxygen canisters. Uh, How come I can't do it here? And they basically said, well, we can't help you. You know. Uh, so I hired a consultant and he did a little digging and he found there was a special permit existing from the Department of Transportation where we could fill our oxygen into aluminum canisters, not okay. steel. Got and it. of course they didn't tell me that. You know, I hired <laughs> right. It. Uh because sometimes <laughs> right. the government, That would have been very
0: difficult to just share you know, that of information. The government doesn't like to give advice.
1: You know, they'll, they'll tell right. you what you're doing wrong, but they don't tell you um <laughs> how to r- reconcile you, uh, what you're doing. But so we found a special permit. What's the duty? Can we use the special permit to, you know, get back in business to start uh filling in aluminum cans and they said, "Sure." <laughs> So okay. we, uh, <laughs> uh, thankfully it wasn't a big interruption in our business because they allowed us to sell out what we had uh, done. Uh, sure. Cause uh, and then, so we, we switched to a loom canister uh, and it turned out to be a blessing in disguise because the aluminum canister looks like a miniature oxygen tank. So if you see an oxygen tank in a hospital yeah. or an ambulance Absolutely. or a car truck, uh, we designed it to look very similar. It's like you, this a min- miniature oxygen tank. Uh, That's kind of cool. Uh, and, Yeah. You don't have to teach. You don't
0: have to teach the consumer. Like I see it. I know what that might be. Like, oh, yeah, yeah,
1: that's oxygen. Like it wasn't. (laughs) uh, um, So it turned out to be a blessing in disguise in terms of the connection that we made with our consumers. And uh, and from there, we we went uh, forward and uh, started selling more. And can I segue to another story, if you don't mind, Justin? Please. Uh, Are you kidding uh, me? That's (laughs) yes. we're, We're going along and, you know. Uh, oxygen is something you need a prescription for. Uh, you know, it's something that I don't think uh, I knew that. So yeah. Thank so you. oxygen is, is, a prescription drug. Uh, and we were in a gray area. We sold aviators, breathing oxygen. Uh, so a pilot could buy oxygen without uh, prescription. It's a prescription. Got it. Bit of a different designation. There's also, um, uh, welders, oxygen, welding oxygen. Okay. So you could buy it at home Depot. Um, and oxygen is oxygen is oxygen. It's no difference between uh, – although medical oxygen has a little bit of humidity. Uh, eight years breathing oxygen doesn't have humidity because okay. it uh, will freeze in a pile. Uh, So, But still, you're, we're selling oxygen at uh, 95% versus 99%, even though there's uh, no difference in efficacy.
0: And we only breathe – like our normal air is 21%, right?
1: 21%, right. Yeah, That's just to give balance. everyone a little
0: sense of comparison here.
1: Right, right. Yeah. So I, I'm still we're in the gray area. I'm not really sure like the FDA wouldn't tell us if we were illegal. So like, it's hard to say, Hey, I'm going to invest a lot of money into something that, you know, the FDA can knock on my door tomorrow and say, you know what? This is a prescription right. drug. You <laughs> right. can't sell this. See, we, we don't, you we don't can't make, sell it. Right. Yeah. We, we don't make claims <laughs> on our, on our, uh, any of our packaging or any of our websites. So we're very careful that way. And we are very honest with our consumer. Uh, and, uh, so one day the FDA did come knocking, just came in to our office unannounced and spent a week going through batch records and everything else. Uh, and at the end of that week, we spoke to the FDA one of the, um, regional heads and they said, well, you again, technically oxygen is a prescription, uh, medication, but what you're doing, um, falls below our purview and, uh, uh, we'll allow it. And so I said, "Well, could you put that in writing?" And they said, "No." <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> but I said, "No, because you know we're not like we've been in business for 14. We don't hurt people. Like no one's ever been hurt uh, right. by breathing oxygen. It's actually one of the few things you can go to a hospital or you're in an ambulance and they can give to you without knowing your medical background. So no one's allergic to oxygen, or no one has a counter, um, uh, reaction to oxygen. So what we sell is very, very, very safe. Uh, huh. and so I think the FDA recognized that, so listen, these guys aren't hurting anyone. Actually, they're helping a lot of people. So, uh, you know, we we'll, allow it, but we're not going to write a position paper and, 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 and sign that on you. So once they did that, and that was about seven years ago, uh, then, then I felt liberated. Like I said, okay, now I'm going to invest in sales people. I'm going to invest in marketing. Sure. Organization sure. and a lot of different things. So you set yeah about eight years ago now. So uh, uh, we really kind of made the push about eight years ago to uh, um, to develop something really big.
0: Man, amazing. Um, I I I mentioned. Uh in my in one of the uh parts of our intro today that you went from beer importer to shark tank success story i'm sure some people were like wait what What shark tank i mean we've had a number of shark tank um products on our show and we've talked to many of those founders about their experience talk about how you decided to go on shark tank um this is back in i think 2021 when you when your episode yeah, no, no, aired 20,
1: 2019 Can i get that right okay maybe i was yeah, off well, we'll sorry right before covid <laughs> My um, notes were
0: wrong, but talk about that experience.
1: Yeah, because uh, we actually went back on in 2021 as a follow-up. Uh, That's what it
0: was. Sorry. Yeah, you know, okay, no, thank right. you. Yeah.
1: Validated. I did see <laughs> no, some mention for right. 2021. You, <laughs> got, you got the dates right. Um, you know, they contacted us, curiously enough, and we had a little bit of an internal conversation as to whether or not we wanted to go on. Because, you know, you, you right. go on, they can absolutely skewer you. Uh, you know, we're very confident with our business, but, you know, you know, we're just you know two middle-aged white guys up there. But, uh, <laughs> up in front of the, uh, the, the panel. So, um, the yeah, panel. They, uh, so they, they asked us if we wanted to go on, it wasn't a sure thing that we'd get on. They said, we still had to go in front of the producers and pitch, uh, to make sure that we would be able to go and pitch to the sharks. Uh, so we did that and they treated us really well. Uh, yeah, the, all the producers at Sony and ABC, uh, did a really great job, uh, sort of preparing us, uh, giving us the best chance for success. And it was, uh, we met a lot of the other entrepreneurs. So a lot, of, you know, and we were fortunate. Like we had a profitable business, uh, no debt, you know, doing well. Right. your you numbers know,
0: were different than many.
1: <laughs> yeah, use right. the platform just to get you know, maybe hopefully get a, a partnership with someone who wanted to promote us, sure. not so much give us money, but just to promote us. Right, that was sort of That's the right. whole uh, our, our line of thinking going in. Uh, but you know, they were like they had like wings in a prayer. You know, they're uh, bootstrapping it, and uh, people invest their life savings into something, and this was their uh, their, the pinnacle of their, uh, of their, of their pitch. So it was, it was fun, fun to meet a lot of the other entrepreneurs at that venue, uh, and, and, and going and pitching to the sharks and actually getting on shark tank, uh, was really fun. And it's actually, it's, it's a great exercise and you can go on to the, um, recommendations for part of your podcast, but, uh, you know, to be able to defend your business, you know, like you do a thesis, Uh, Right, you've got to be
0: prepared, prepared. and most people don't. Right? I mean, it's just not natural.
1: Right? It's a great exercise, and even if you don't go on Shark Tank, uh, other entrepreneurs just do that um, as a as a a personal requirement. I think.
0: I love that. Um, Talk about uh, you know back to kind of some of your story. Um, When did it start getting real? When did you go? Man, I think we've got something here that's not just a you know yeah, a small know. little business was there yeah. a point in time when you're like man we got that big order or we picked up that big yeah. retailer or you know what i mean i don't know
1: yeah so i mean sports started. we had so i always knew that the proof of concept was there uh and we had other retailers doing well with it and then uh colorado was doing well with it i would say that that turning point was when the fda came in and said you were you are good to go uh and then we grew from there uh, and got it uh, but i, I so that, that was like in terms of i knew it would be a success uh, we were a success. I always kept costs very low and, um, sure. and uh, we, we bootstrapped it as well. And uh, we did well with the retailers that we were, put, we're putting the product into. So it was growing. Um, and but we started investing more money into advertising and distribution after the FDA revisited us. And, sure. uh, but our big turning point, well, Shark Tank definitely helped, uh, sure, in terms I'm of sure. but I would say, unfortunately, I kind of, our sort of our sort of explosion was COVID. Um, people were running out of oxygen worldwide, you know, India ran out of oxygen in places. And so people were Googling, where can I get oxygen? Uh, and, and you had we, supply you're at the top uh, of the list of where you can get oxygen on, on Google. So, uh, <laughs> people learned a lot wow. about us, even though. <laughs> i know it's kind of crazy but isn't
0: that interesting
1: we sold out in two things? days you know and we've been ah. catching up ever since and um right. and the nice thing you know people we have great reviews and people have said wonderful things about our product from that uh you know we're always you know we're not a medical product if, if you're short of breath go to the doctor um right and right. Uh, but you know people say yeah, yeah I, well, you know, I had covid i didn't you know i wasn't short of breath they didn't have to go to the doctor but i, I didn't feel like you know i needed something and uh so they, they bought BoostOx, they learned about BoostOx, they learned about what we do, what our mission was. And wow. you know, we, we gained a lot of advocates that way. Uh, sure. And uh, Like I said, it's, it's, you never want to say, hey, uh, a pandemic was great for us, um, but it definitely helped uh, with the exposure that we got uh, to the no mainstream, doubt. yeah.
0: I can imagine. Uh, you've been at this now, what, 10, 12, 14 years? years um, yeah. 14 years, amazing uh, how it's grown over time. You know, I was going to ask you. and I'd love for you to share some of your lessons learned for entrepreneurs. Hold that for a moment. Any kind of hiccups along the way? You know, things that didn't go well that you're like, man, I, I learned from that. What did that look like?
1: Yeah, no, it's um, you know, the the, uh, the biggest hiccup, you know, obviously was the, the packaging. We had to ship, kind of halfway right. shut down. <laughs> totally, uh, but uh, you know we we put it into places where it didn't sell. Uh, and you you think um uh, that's kind of stupid. You, you try everything once, right? Like you know uh sure uh one of my sales managers once came to me said so we should do we should do a prepper uh convention. You know these preppers, you know the tin hats and the they, they buy oh, things for the apocalypse. <laughs> got it. And a uh, prepper. Is, well, it kind of it it. A you know, Oxygen for these prepping the prepper. Uh, so we we did a couple one show. And, you know, uh, it it was like, uh, it just didn't didn't smell right. Um, But, you know, like we placed into places and it didn't sell. We always make good with places. uh, You know, we say, listen, if it it doesn't sell, we'll take it back. And we've always honored that. So, you know, I I just would be selective in terms of where we place it. And like, you know, any major failures along with retailers? No, minor ones, but we always made good with it. Sure. 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 Yeah, so
0: like uh, here's, here's, a, here's a
1: great example like Walmart. Uh, way back that was like seven <laughs> seven years ago. So, yeah, we're gonna put it into all of our sporting goods department.
0: And, I mean, that's not small change. That's a lot of stores.
1: <laughs> exactly. The, but my my concern was, well, sporting goods at Walmart was different than sporting goods at Dicks.
0: Ah, uh, you know, oh, I lot see. Of plastic bats right. and
1: rubber balls, it's kind of toy, <laughs> this toy section, really, kind of at Walmart. And we Got like it. to be more in. Um, we like to be more in the pharmacy because it's kind of like sure. people for respiratory issues. People are in the pharmacy; they're not really necessarily in sports, even though we're for sports. Uh, it's sort of a different customer that goes to the Walmart sporting goods department as opposed to going to this CVS or the Wal- or Walgreens or even the Walmart uh, pharmacy department. So we place it there, and it did fine. Um, not the numbers <laughs> that they wanted, not the numbers we wanted, um, and but it's still it's stuck. So we're still there, and sure. that's great. Um, but I was like, Oh, if we were just in sport in the pharmacy department, we would do much better. And I think if I had held out at the very beginning and said, Hey guys, I love it. you thanks for the order. Want to do business with you, but can we just move the best chance for success at a Walmart it's pharmacy, not right. their sporting goods? I think it would have done much. And we're still doing business. So, and in the pharmacy department, a lot of them, so we're doing well. Um, but that was a decision early on that I should have kept true to my heart on.
0: That's interesting. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, you're right. I mean, put in the wrong lo- a good product in the wrong location equals no sales, right? I mean, that, right. And, and people don't think about that a lot of times, but just getting into a retail store doesn't guarantee you're going to get sales. Right. right. Yeah. You know? Um. Now shift over. You know, we've got a lot of a lot of entrepreneurs that listen to our show. Um, You've been an entrepreneur, and you've learned a lot along the way. As you think about others that are either in process of or or have launched a new product in the consumer goods space, like what kinds of advice would you have for them? Maybe two or three things that you've learned over the course of your experience.
1: Yeah, uh, I, I, the the biggest thing I would say is you know have a nest egg or have something to fall back on. Um, you know, uh, it's really tough. You know, what 85 percent of or more, I think, if startups go out of business within the first two years. Uh, and you could lose a lot of money quickly, and it's sort of like gambling. Uh, you know, the, hey, if I just spend a little bit more money, if I could last a little bit longer, I'm going to get all my money back. You know that type of thing. Uh, right. So it just be very honest with yourself uh, from the very beginning: is what you can risk, what you can lose, and uh, you know what's. And when you right, telling an entrepreneur to work hard, it's, that's a, a foregone conclusion. But yeah, just make sure you got a nest egg or some or some financial fallback um, that you're not going to become destitute following your dream because you might like, and you don't want to ever have that because uh, then it adds more pressure onto your. But like you know, it's just, it's a terrible thing when you like. Uh, I always think of what's his name, uh, the guy, uh, Delorean. Uh, who right. started the car business? And how desperate he did—he he started importing cocaine from Ireland <laughs> in his cars. I mean, people do desperate things. I mean, even successful executives, entrepreneurs sure. do desperate things when they get into trouble financially. So wow. yeah, just make sure you got a you know a, a firm uh, base that you're not going to delve into when you when you get into a new business.
0: Yeah, I love that. Um, great, great advice. Um, so great having you here. What a cool story! And excited to see you continue to progress and grow over time. Uh, share with our audience where we can find you, connect with you, buy your product, etc.
1: Yeah. So, uh, www.boostoxygen.com. Uh, we're on a website. We're on Amazon. We're on. Uh, we're in Bix Academy, uh, Five Sporting <laughs> Goods, all these different places, CVS, Walgreens. Uh, many pharmacies, independent pharmacies around the country, uh, WalMarts around the country. So, uh, yeah, we have a store locator right on our website. So, if you go yeah. on our website and go to store locator, type in your zip code, and it'll tell you where it is, or you can order directly from website. For a lot of different places, so we've made it very easy. People, when they want oxygen, they want it pretty quickly. But usually, it's like, oh, I don't, you know, I'm going to buy this for next week. No, I'm out of breath now. I want oxygen right. I need it now. <laughs> so, uh, we, we try to make it really easy for people to buy and get it quickly. We we're prime on Amazon too, so yeah, uh, a lot of I places one day, two day delivery. So uh, yeah. it's it's really good.
0: Yeah, all great locations. I I was in doing my research. I pulled up all your products on Amazon. It's always, you know, always interesting to see what people's reviews are. I thought you know maybe there'll be a couple hundred or thousand reviews. There's ten thousand five hundred reviews on yeah, one yeah. of your products. It's like amazing. Four point five stars, four point three stars. I mean, like amazing. Yeah. So that's yeah, I well, anyway. also <laughs> say very trust pilot.
1: Trust pilot's great because those are unsolicited yeah. reviews and uh, people go on there very and do cool. honest reviews. So a uh, lot right. time on Amazon people try to. Uh, Game the
0: reviews. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. But,
1: but Trustpilot yeah. uh, with 4.3 on there. And, and we have a lot of amazing.
0: There, so, yeah. No, it's really been great. Rob, so great having you here. We want to have you back on down the road. I'm um, excited to follow you. And thanks for spending time with us today.
1: Thank you so much, Justin.
0: That was fun. The Contender Cast is sponsored by Henderson Shapiro Peck and powered by Contender Brands.